Hi, I'm Michael G. Williams, and welcome to Social Distancing Radio. I'm a novelist, and a reader and friend asked if I would read from my work as something they might find comforting and familiar amidst the uncertainty and anxiety we're experiencing from multiple sources in 2020. As of this opening, I've read Perishables, the first book of my five-book vampire and urban fantasy series, The Withrow Chronicles, published by Falstaff Books, aka falstaffbooks.com. If you'd like to pick up a copy for yourself, head over to bit.ly, that's bit.ly, slash perishables link. Now I'm reading from my short stories and other works, and occasionally I'll invite on a writer friend for special episodes called Public Domain Radio. Thanks for listening. So, tell everybody who you are and what you're going to be reading. You're well, not, so, this is not your first time, but you know, no. but still. <laughs> I'm Elle Marie Wood, and today I'm going to be reading a snippet of my new novel called The Realm that's coming out next week, October uh, 29th. Pretty exciting. Nice. Yeah, I'm very, very excited. It's yeah, a little bit different than what I've done in the past. Um, thank you, by the way. A little different from what I've done in the past. I mean, I write psychological horror, so it stays along that same vein. But I've done, you know, a ghost story in that, in that side of the house. I've done vampire stories on that side of the house. And now this one's going to be set in the afterlife. So, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, literally starts right there. So <laughs> mm, this is <laughs> kind fascinating. Of kind of exciting. Excellent. Do you want to set it up or do you want to just jump in? Well, you know, this is chapter one. You're getting the very first words on oh. the page, uh, in the book. So there, you would have no setup in opening the book. So I'm going to just start right in from there. <laughs> then go for it. And I'm going to just be quiet. Oh, and by the way, you see I'm wearing the round shirt. I don't know if you can Oh, see. that's, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, shirt of one. I have th- uh, exactly one of these, which is what I'm wearing right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I love my t-shirt too. All right, let me, let me get started with the realm. Okay. It didn't happen the way they said it would. No angels came to greet him. No bright light funneled a path through the darkness. No relatives called to him from beyond the grave. He didn't feel warmth, acceptance, or love. He felt emptiness. He saw nothing in the moments before death, just an impenetrable darkness that crowded his vision like oil spreading in water, encroaching on the faces of his son and daughter-in-law, blackening them, obliterating them. He could hear them after his eyes dimmed, standing open and blind like black holes. His tear ducts dried up as his son cried over him. The sound of Doug's grief, the guttural moans roiling and meshing with his pleas, his barters with God to save his father was more than Patrick could take. Trying but failing to lift his hand from his side and stroke his son's head, Patrick silently prayed that his hearing would dissipate as quickly as his sight had. Patrick could only imagine what Doug and Chris were seeing as his body broke down in front of him. Images of eyes ruined by broken capillaries filled with blood, his slacked mouth allowing a discolored tongue to peek through tortured his mind. He struggled for every breath now, death's grip holding fast and firm. The thought of the kids seeing him fight for air, his face a twisted mass of pain and effort upset him more than he thought it would. 
Death was not pretty. Doug moaned and Chris cried while Patrick's eyes grew drier and his skin grew paler. He thought it would never end the display, the sick, cruel game death was playing. That he should witness it, that he should have to hear the calmness his son usually displayed crumble and fall away was torture, if ever there was a definition of the word. The devil, then. It was his work after all, he supposed. He was on his way to hell, and this was but a taste of what was to come. And then there was silence. Utter silence. The sound of his son's anguish was gone, mercifully. The hum of the respirator, the click of the rosary beads the man next to, in the next bed held, the squeak of rubber soles on the sanitized floor as the nurses and doctors hurried to his side, all sound had disappeared. He wondered what would be next to go, his memory? He quizzed himself just to see if it was already gone. What's my name? Patrick Richardson. How old am I? 59. Was is more like it, he corrected himself. After all, he was dead. Dead, gone, finished. Patrick stood in the pitch black silence, confused and unbelievably sad. He was dead. He would never see the baby that Chris was carrying, his first grandchild. He wouldn't ever watch another boxing match with his son and friends over beer and pizza. He wouldn't get the chance to watch the waves break on the shore from a beach chair in the Caribbean. He wouldn't do anything anymore, not eat, drink, or fuck ever again, because he was dead. And death was dark, impenetrably so. How did this happen, he asked aloud, using a mouth he could no longer feel. He thought back to that morning when he was taking out the garbage. He could remember walking to the back of his house and getting the garbage can. The damned cat had gotten into it again. The little stray he left food and water for had knocked the top of the can off, torn through the garbage bag, and gotten to the trash inside. The little monster made a hell of a mess too, strewing soggy newspaper, chicken bones, and juice cartons all over the brick patio. Patrick remembered cursing out loud and casting his eyes around the backyard looking for the cat. He remembered turning back to the bowl he'd left out the night before and finding it full of food. That's what she was supposed to eat, damn it, he said as he bent down to clean up the mess. On his way back to the house to get another garbage bag, a piece of the dream he'd had the night before came back to him. It hung in front of his eyes like a transparency over real life, framing everything with the haze of film and with the hazy film of familiarity, all soft edges and anticipation. Deja vu. As usual after those dreams, the dark ones that made him wonder if he was there, really there, walking, talking, living within them. He wondered if he was a character whose face the audience never sees. The memory was faint, as it always was the morning after, but he knew what happened next. This time, the scene was identical to his dream. There was usually something askew, some crucial piece off-center, but this time, nothing was out of place. 
He knew he would turn away from the door instead of going inside to get the garbage bag. He knew he would squint from the sun when he did and that he would place his hands above his eyes, shading them like a visor. He knew it just as well as he knew his name for as easily as that knowledge came, it dragged heavy fear and worry in its wake. He obliged. It wasn't like he had a choice. And that is it. Wow. <laughs> Thank you oh, so much. I like this. I love that part. It's just so creepy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can't wait to read that. That's going to be really good. Thank you. So like what inspired you to write about that concept of the afterlife? You know, I think that we're always, it's always in the back of your mind. You know, it's not necessarily, you don't necessarily walk around thinking about what's going to happen, you know, when you pass away. It's not like a forefront in your mind. I mean, some, in some instances, perhaps it is, if you've lost a loved one, I mean, your mortality kind of comes to the forefront then, Mm -hmm. but it's not always right in front, but it is always there. And I find it interesting that if you start that conversation in your head and then you table it, when you come back to it, it's almost as though you hadn't stopped thinking about it. So I, you know, I, in my life, I've experienced a lot of death and that's, you know, that's the sad part to the story, but all of it was a long time ago, interestingly enough. I mean, we used to have had a decent sized family. Um, My, my grandmother was the oldest of 12 or 11 or just a lot of kids. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so we had a death per year, pretty much, from when I turned six on to like, golly, I might have been 16. So, you know, just at least one a year, not just one, at least one a year. So, you know, you kind of, in the beginning, you don't think about it. But then after a while, you're like, boy, I mean, death is like prevalence in, in my family. And, and I'm seeing a lot of it. Obviously, everyone dies, but it's happening a lot, like back to back here. They were older Mm -hmm. people, you know, I'm not, we only had a few young people that passed away, but most of them were older having lived, you know, full lives. But, you know, when you get dressed for another funeral, you definitely realize what you're doing and you think about it. And so I think that that introduction to death so early kind of got me thinking about death and sure, always been there. There's a lot of context to this, but for a work thing, I had to have my photograph taken early, no, late last year. That's right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, so there was this thing and there was a photo shoot for it and uh, and I wore a suit for it. And I later said to my coworker that I was uncomfortable taking the photos and I didn't like the photos. Mm-hmm. And he said, why? They're good photos. And I said, because I'm wearing my funeral suit. Oh my goodness. Woo. You know, and like, that's the suit that I had worn to my father's funeral, just like Mm -hmm. three months before that. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was very, I hadn't realized how moments like that, like are just with you forever. Yeah. Until I started having them as an adult. And, you know, now I can think of funerals I went to 20 years ago that I could just be right there, right there in that moment again, because even 20 years later, the memory is very, very burned in. Mm-hmm. No. it's interesting you said that i gave away the suit that i wore to my grandmother's funeral i gave it away because i just can't i said i'll never if i try to even think about putting this on all i'm going to do is think about her and that moment i'd rather think about her in other instances but not the moment of her you know us saying goodbye to her so yeah. i gave it away i just didn't even want to keep it here i don't blame you i don't blame you at all 
Uh, so is this a standalone novel or is it first in a series or? This one is the first in a series, which is the first time I've ever done that. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, I usually write standalone novels. So this was new territory to me. And I kind of went into it half, like halfway through. I still thought it was going to be standalone. And then I realized <laughs> this is not. You're fighting it. Don't fight it. <laughs> yeah. Because I always feel like series, they're, they're difficult, you know, because you've got to make the, the audience really care about the main character or at least one of the characters who's going to survive it. Of course, yeah. I say survive because I'm a horror author. You know, we, we kill people. Right. So, you know, I got to make sure we don't kill off or, or at least if you kill somebody off, make sure you have a way to bring them back if they really need to come back. I don't know. Yeah, something. And it, it was hard. I've always felt like that was just going to be something that I wasn't interested in. But no, no, I, I this is the first in, in a series. I'm kind of excited about it. <laughs> is it going to be like ongoing or is it a trilogy or or do you know? I, I foresee this. I foresee this as a trilogy. I think we're going to. Well, I don't know. I mean, but again, you know, hey, look, I didn't know halfway through this one. So yeah. <laughs> I, I'm really sympathizing because literally last night I had realized that I had an idea for a sixth novel in a finished five book series that I finished wow. last year the, like the fifth book came out and it was literally titled nobody gets out alive and <laughs> and like and I finished the story you know and then I realized last night that I had an idea for a sixth book and I was like no Brian do not do this to me oh like my I don't, like I need I have other things to do you know it's kind of neat though it's crazy it how our minds work and I mean we we want to do one thing and Oh, our characters go off and do other things and you come oh. back and read what you wrote and you're like wait a minute <laughs> yeah totally yeah. totally they they do not give a shit what we think no and i'm like i created you it doesn't matter so what <laughs> yeah exactly doesn't matter doesn't yep. matter at all I, I once read an interview with Anne Rice where she said that every time she watches TV, she's watching it with her characters mm. and they're constantly commenting on it and oh, i was wow. like oh i get that i believe that I definitely would, would enjoy sitting and li watching a movie with Lestat and hearing all the snarky stuff that he has to say about Oh, things. yeah. I would do that in a heartbeat. Right? Immediately. I mean, that's an invite I would immediately accept. Yeah. Well, is there anything else you want to tell us about the book? Um, It's fast. I'll tell you that. It's fast-paced. I... I've always truly enjoyed James Patterson's books. Mm-hmm. And they just, you just, they, they're like this. I mean, they're so quick. He gets right to the point and you are off to the races right away. And in horror, you can kind of do that, but sometimes you really need to build. I mean, you have a little more building to do here. You have to, you know, it's not necessarily that you're focused on Gothic elements per se, mm -hmm. but there's, and it's not as much world building as with fantasy, which I find interesting. I mean, those are really in-depth pieces, but with horror, you do have to set the scene. There's a, there's a tone, there's a mood, you've got to set it. And the pace is then dictated by that. But I really like that fast pace. And I was able to marry that here. And it's just so interesting because I'm using elements that I like to use. I don't use it all the time, but I'm using them here. I've got a character who you've met Patrick already in that reading. And he's, you know, he's dying. And what you've heard him do now is die, but he'll be alive in a moment. No, not alive in life, but back for you to enjoy him throughout the rest of the book. But back in such a different way that you don't expect. I mean, this afterlife that we're talking about is not anything we've ever learned of in any religion. 
not in any religion. And the surprise factor that Patrick experiences the moment he awakens in this the in the realm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That was cool. There's a way to work that in, right? The moment he awakens in the realm is exactly how I would have responded. You know, basically, what the hell? You know, <laughs> and yeah. before you can actually finish saying hell, he better run or he'll never find out what the hell. Like, he literally runs the whole book and he has to. And it's that element, that movement. You know, I was able to actually capture it in a way that's that reminds me of a James Patterson book in terms of pacing that I'm, I'm really excited about it. I mean, when I, cause when I finished writing, put the book down, put the manuscript down and leave it alone for 48 hours or so. And then when I come back and start reading, it feels really fresh to me. Um, I don't go back and reread full chapters before I begin to write. So a lot of stuff mm-hmm. is sort of revisiting. And I started reading this, you find yourself kind of leaning forward, you know, like on the, edge of your seat Ooh. while you're reading something fast-paced like that and I was like whoa what? that's exciting because with horror fiction it's not that's not your normal no. you know you're you're the pace there are moments when they're the pace is there but that's not we don't start that way typically yeah and this one does so I'm kind of excited about that that is amazing and I cannot wait to read this uh do you have the cover for it available or anything like that I do it's coming out next week so we've got covers We've got the uh, uh, promotional material that's out there. We've got people with blurbs putting, you know, comments about some review blurbs, lots of stuff. If you go to my website, www.elmariewood.com slash the realm, you'll be able to access the webpage directly and see everything. I've got a book trailer. I've got a book trailer. I have a book trailer. It is uh, so much fun rocking i mean if you don't mind i'll put that cover and a little blurb in my newsletter this month i'd love it if you do thank you i appreciate yeah, that totally. and you can if anyone's who's, in, who's interested in whatever we talked about today sounds like fun it, it's available for pre-order at amazon now so yeah oh well there it's we go out there. that's so fabulous then this weekend i'll put a pre-order link in that newsletter also Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Yeah, I am happy to do it. It is such a pleasure to talk to you every time we talk. (laughs) We need to keep talking because I agree. I really enjoy our conversations. (laughs) Excellent. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm going to let you get to the thing that you have to go to. And I'm going to get to the thing that I have to go to. But I am so glad you're here and that you read that. I just really can't wait. Thank you. Thank you. Please do let me know what you think when you get done with it. Oh, I Even will. In the Don't middle, worry. Let's like, let me know what your thoughts are. <laughs> oh, I will. Don't worry. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. This podcast is released under Creative Commons, Attribution, Non-Commercial, No Derivatives License. The theme music is Bucked Contemporary Boom by Kara Square, available under a Creative Commons attribution license at ccmixter.org.